has a story. What's yours? Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Katie. And this is Monumental, a small show about the big things God does in the lives of ordinary people. Sometimes God says yes, and sometimes he says no. And sometimes his answer is that we should wait. Today we're talking to Dawn about her single years and how she had always wanted to get married, but God had her wait. In the meantime, she was on the way to becoming a successful opera singer. Here's what God did in her life. I wanted to be a wife and a mother because I loved my mom and my family, and she was clearly a happy mother of the home and really loving, and just that was, a, you know, she just made it very attractive. And just, mm-hmm. so I can't remember not wanting to be a wife and a mother youngest of six children, 20-year span between the oldest and youngest. So I got to see a lot of relationships and a lot of marriage happen and children being born into the family and being able to be an aunt, even though I had no younger siblings. I got to be that sort of to my little... Fun aunt. Yeah. How (laughs) old were you when you very first became an aunt? Almost 12. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's super special. Yeah, Yeah, I bet. That was sweet. So, you know, family and children and marriage was just in the warp and weave of my Mm -hmm. life. And my parents were devoted to one another, even though life wasn't always easy, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. it was clear they weren't going anywhere. They were they were committed. They were committed and mm-hmm. there was just a lot of stability that way in my mind about marriage. And so I I brought a lot of those positive things, you know, up through my growing years. Mm-hmm. And so I think I always did want that, probably because of her example in particular, my mom. Mm-hmm. Just making motherhood seem wonderful. Yeah. Even though I could see it was difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't think I would have to deal with singleness very long. I just didn't seem like, to me, I wasn't that kind of, of all people to get married, it seemed like I would grow up and probably be one of those people that would get married. Mm -hmm. So I was in a God-fearing home. We were in church all the time. I knew the gospel. I was saved as an eight-year-old. I think I really, really loved Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that was a blessing. But, you know, that was sin, you know, like everyone does through, through those years. But I still desired to follow the Lord and kept desiring relationships that would lead toward marriage. So I only wanted to ever date one person mm-hmm. and just get married. That's all I ever wanted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to date, just to meet the right person and get married. Yeah. And that didn't happen right away. <laughs> so yeah, I was surprised. I guess I could say that I was surprised by my singleness as it mm. came upon me. But Did I was, you go to um, college? I did. I went to study music. Okay. And did, did you hold to that, still that? idea even yes. through college yes <laughs> so, I so went you didn't from, date anyone in college i dated someone all the way through high school into oh, okay. call his college hoping that mm. we, were, we were planning to get married and praise god we didn't mm-hmm. i call it missionary dating it doesn't work oh. <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> um, you know what i mean <laughs> yep <laughs> and then after a little while in college i met a, a man i thought was a christian i think he was but i clearly was leading the relationship as i look back on it mm-hmm. After a while, that just yeah. wasn't going to pan out either. I had the wisdom to know after a long time, several years d- d- dating in college, that I wasn't going to be able to marry him. Hmm. So you'd had a couple pretty serious yes. relationships. So I definitely wanted to be married. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So singleness yeah. was not something that I fostered or desired. Yeah. And by the time I was in college and my singing career and music things started taking off, I had that busy distraction, which was helpful, but I still had this desire and of course at that point all of my friends save one maybe by the time I was 21 or 22 all of my friends were married except one so pretty young I mean 21 or 22 yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. it was I mean there might have been a few people that I met in college 
who ended up getting married a little bit later, but high school sure. friends, family, acquaintances, you know. All your close Right. So yeah. that became a little more difficult, but then I did meet people in my career field who were definitely not going to commit to marriage. We're or weren't even thinking about it. Yeah. They were so thinking career. Worlds going yeah. <laughs> yeah. What and kind of music were you studying? I went to college to study classically so that I could better train my voice, but I wanted to be in contemporary Christian music. That was my goal. Oh, okay. I don't think I knew that. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was, yeah, for many years. And then once I went to the, to university and learned more about yeah. what music was there, I fell in love with classical music, so to speak. And uh, by the end of college, I wanted to pursue opera performance. And my teacher there had studied here at Indiana University, so mm-hmm. I found my teacher here through her. Okay. And that's how I came out to IU. So I was probably about 23. So IU was for graduate, graduate school work. then? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly to study with my teachers. And so, so that, that was, how long is that program? It can be as short as three years or more, depending on how much time you want to take. Mm-hmm. I was mostly here to study with my teacher and have her groom me and get me ready for a career. Mm-hmm. So. so did you start to kind of switch gears then? I mean, did you start to think, okay, I haven't met the right person. I'm on this career track now. So I'm going to try to just mentally or emotionally switch over to that. Were you trying to give up the idea then of? I don't or, think so. But I was like, was a dual. It was a dual yeah. thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to still be married and have children. But I had this career going on. It was going well. And it didn't have the security of settling, you know, down and having a home. And mm-hmm. so I was putting a lot of eggs in that basket thinking, well, if the Lord doesn't have marriage for me, then I'll, I'll just this. keep singing and, you know, try to do what I can for him that way. Mm-hmm. But the desire was definitely still there. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that was a good thing for you or? The career? Yeah. G- good and, and. Or bad or harmful or did it? All. <laughs> okay. I will stop describing <laughs> options, giving you options. Yeah. How, maybe that's the better question is how did it affect you having taken that? Because of circumstantially or providentially mm. not being mm-hmm. married, you took that track. How did that affect you or in your thinking about marriage and family? Well, and thankfully, by God's grace, always, of course, these all these good things, I was always plugged into a good church. Now, I got. I had a good church in college, got a lot better when I came to Bloomington, and I think my growth rate once I came to the, the to church here mm-hmm. just was exponential. I just couldn't get enough of the fellowship, the worship, the teaching, the preaching. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be at everything. And so I had all this career stuff going on. It was very, very fast-moving and very mm-hmm. uh, demanding, but I also had my very uh, joyful and healthy growing church life, as you mm-hmm. could put it, I guess. And so... I was very much invested in that and was growing and learning so much I'd never learned. Mm. So spiritually, I'm having, I'm being convicted and I'm, (laughs) and I'm growing and I'm, I'm desiring so much more to know the Lord and his word at the same time that I'm pursuing this international (laughs) seeking career. Mm. So yeah, I look back and think, how did I stay with my mind in both Mm. places? I'm not quite sure, but by God's grace, that grounded me enough Mm. that by the time I got to a very pivotal moment where I could have just gone out and started my career internationally and just kind of left this life I knew here goodbye, I, I, I didn't do that. So you were given that opportunity mm-hmm. and you Through, through many circumstances, the sure. Lord made it clear to me that I was on the precipice of a life of selfishness if I really went mm-hmm. for this career. It had to be all about me and the success that I had to, to attain to keep it going and to make everything worthwhile the years that it Right, right. All you invested into your... 
How long were you in on this track before you started to realize that? Before I started to realize that that you were that this was a career that was very self mm. promoting promoting I guess yeah it was a it was a matter of years uh-huh. I do remember having a watershed moment where I went into my pastor's office Pastor Bailey's office and I just was so done with this life I everything was about had to be about you you know your your practice your performance your mm-hmm. auditions your work your resume your you know everything and. I was so convicted that that was not the way Christian's life should look. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was, weir- I was weary of it. So there definitely, it was progressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where the Lord was showing me more and more how vapid, how empty. The more success I attained and the more people I was around who were mm-hmm. successful, the, the more tragedy <laughs> I saw in their lives, mm-hmm. as success will often do if you don't have the Lord to ground you. Mm-hmm. I would have been there too. If the yeah. Lord and it's not like in that me. Um, that field. Well, you could have, but you weren't meeting people who would have made you know, that you would have considered right. for marriage. Because right. Also, by God's grace, there were you know situations where I could have ended up with an opera singer, but mm-hmm. by God's grace, I didn't. It wouldn't have been the right thing for me. It may work for some people, but mm. for me, I definitely needed mm-hmm. someone outside that field to be a good balance for me. So as it happened, simultaneously after years of working to achieve a certain level of success, I met Adam, my husband, almost exactly at the time that I was to leave to really prepare to go on a career, international career. Fork in the road. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought, oh Lord, I've been praying for this for so long, you know, (laughs) both of these things. Yeah. And now, you know, at the same time. So I had to make a decision out at San Francisco Opera when I was there. What okay, well, backing up first, how did you meet him? I met him through basically through the church, although our first meeting was at Indiana University's Musical Arts Center had a, <laughs> had a music performance. <laughs> I didn't have a seat, I was ushering, and this handsome guy stood up and said, right, right before the curtain went up. And I remember this distinguished gentleman in a wheelchair next to him that I'd seen at many of my performances before, and I didn't know who he was. And it was Adam who was taking care of Chancellor Wells, and they always had good good seats and they had extra seats and that's how I met him initially and then the next morning I came to church and he was there no and (laughs) and you're like wait a minute and I had been gone for um, for a whole semester after my mother died and my father was sick and so I was at home helping Mm. and I'd been at church for several years but but when he came in I was gone you just happened to be absent so he saw me that morning I didn't know you went to my church and I said oh "Oh, no no we laugh about that it was very funny so yeah oh. and then we were in bible study together and got to know each other and the rest about how old were you at that time i was about 28 okay mm-hmm. so then you were headed off to san francisco for what for a, a apprenticeship program with the opera company there okay so how long would that it was just a few months there and then a a touring of the West and East Coast with their touring opera company after that. Okay. And this was all to launch you off into a career in opera. Right. Um, So what happened on that trip? Well, I met Adam a few months before I left. We definitely both knew we were in love and wanted to get Mm -hmm. married. So when I left, it was really hard. And uh, he came out to visit one time. And he proposed, <laughs> surprise, surprised me. And I, I was dumbfounded because I thought maybe it would come later. Maybe later, yeah. And I had to make a decision because I knew I'd had enough good teaching at that point that I knew I couldn't be a good wife and a mother and be flitting off mm. for weeks and weeks at a time to perform. Mm. I just couldn't imagine 
my life like that as a child. My mother was always there. Right. And it was just right. so wonderful. And I didn't want to be an absent. So had you already, before you left then, decided, I'm going to, you know, once I get through this, I'm going to give up the, <laughs> the music I think I was still so enamored with the career. I hadn't fully accepted that I was going to have to give it all up. I was hoping that somehow I could keep part of it going mm-hmm. in some way. I laugh that, you know, for years, I, I must have thought that some man would just fall in love with me who was independently wealthy and just wanted to follow me around the world. <laughs> you know, right. Uh, so, yeah, I hadn't fully come. So you to- really enjoyed. We know you love music, but you really enjoyed this. Oh, yeah. 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 But it always had its downsides. Like there were really great parts to it. And then there were just a really awful, yeah. especially spiritually. It was a very difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm place to be as a lot of careers are sure but i i got to see the darkest spiritual mm-hmm. time when i was at this opera company working with people all over the world conductors yeah. and singers from all over the world and it was a very awful mm-hmm. place spiritually very dark people were very lost very 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 mm-hmm. and hurting and just hurting mm-hmm. each other and it was just really awful and uh, it was eye-opening and so when you were off on these you weren't around other Christians too much? Not often, no. Once in a while, I might meet someone who I thought was really dedicated to Christ. But I, I did meet a lot of people who said they were raised as Christians. This was mm. very sad. And it would be kind of a common theme as I would try to, my very weak way, witness <laughs> to them. Uh, could have done so much more. But I would commonly hear this theme. I was raised to believe in Christ. I was raised mm. in the church. And then somewhere along the line, you know, they had fallen away from Christ and then embraced the world through this career and the lifestyle that it brought with it mm-hmm. and the destruction came from that. Mm-hmm. You don't awesome. have to tell the story if you don't want, but I remember you telling me at one point something else about that time out there when you were supposed to sing a big yes. piece <laughs> and something happened with your voice. Mm-hmm. And I remember you talking about how God, you felt like that was part of God's leading you yes. to bring this career path to an end and lead you to yes could you talk I don't know this <laughs> yeah. it's quite it's quite amazing it's kind of supernatural uh, okay uh, by this point I've been singing you know semi-professionally or professionally for what 15 years I mean it just it'd been a while before before college in college after college yeah. graduate school mm-hmm. and I never lost my voice it was just God's grace that I never did and when I went out to San Francisco and had to sing this leading role for the opera company it was high pressure obviously and but it was going well, and the Lord was blessing those efforts. I was very thankful. But there was this this pinnacle moment where anybody who knows, very few people may know who Joan Sutherland is, but she was one of the greatest opera singers of the last 100 years. A lot of people would say, or 50 mm-hmm. years. Soprano, she was my uh, role model, <laughs> I'm say, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And she was going to coach us. Oh, wow. And I was only, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it was a very exciting experience to work with her. Yeah. And I was the only particular soprano that in the program at that moment who sang her previous literature. So the repertoire mm-hmm. she used to sing, I was singing. It's very intimidating, yeah. <laughs> but, but very helpful to have her input. And wow. so we had done this master class. It had gone very well. And they'd asked me to come back the next evening for a gala, gala performance at the Opera House. So this is a fundraising event with this major star there to do a public master class mm-hmm. and all the patrons come. And you sing, and she helps you in front of the patrons. And then it also gets your name in the reviews right. and in the San Francisco Chronicle. And you get lots of publicity. This, yeah, mm-hmm. lots of publicity with Joan Sutherland. So it was a big deal, and I was very excited and thankful for the opportunity. And I got up that day and was warming up. Everything was fine. Halfway through the afternoon, I go to rewarm, which is something you do. You need practice. You rest. You practice again. And my high notes are gone. Mm. 
I would just sing and I would get up to a certain point of my range and it was just air. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I thought, okay, this is weird. I've never had this happen before. So I thought, okay, climate. Panic. I meant, you know, yeah. like dehydrated. Is it too dry? Yeah. Or, you know. So I go home, I rest, I hydrate, I come back, I start to warm up again. My high notes are gone. Huh. So by about five in the afternoon, I had to finally call the director of the program and say, I can't sing at eight o'clock tonight. All my high notes are gone. Well, they weren't pleased, as you can imagine. (laughs) Sure. But they replaced me with a baritone, I think. And Adam and I walked home that evening. He happened to be there. That was Mm. the week he was there to propose. Uh And we walked by the opera house that night. I literally stood across the street and watched. They had rolled out red carpets and limousines were coming up and everyone's getting on their gowns and their furs and they're going in to see Joan Sutherland. And I was watching. They were were heralding them with the trumpets. (laughs) Oh, wow. And I stood there and just, I'm walking home to get on the subway. Wow. You know? That's so weird. Yeah. It was very painful. Yeah. And uh, disappointing in a vain, very vain way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I think the Lord did that on purpose uh, to keep me from having that, which would have been very enticing for me as mm-hmm. vain and career oriented as I was mm-hmm. and uh, literally kept it from my reach. So... Mm-hmm. That happened, and then a couple of days later, my voice came back. I sang the role just fine for the performance out in San Francisco a few times. <laughs> it was very wow, weird. Wow. Uh, went well. Then we went started our East Coast op- or our West Coast opera tour. Before we go to the East Coast, we went up the West Coast, and a few per- performances, and I lost my voice again. Hmm. Went to doctors and doctors. Nobody could figure it out. And after missing so many performances, you breach your contract, and yeah. so I had to leave the tour. Before we got oh. to the East Coast, which had been even better <laughs> publicity to find your agent huh. to get you out in the world. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I do think the Lord. Is very clearly God's. Clearly just leading. said, wow. okay, I've, take, I've let you come this far. Now, this would not be good for you to have any more. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. That is quite a story. <laughs> it was yeah. devastating, but I look back on it and it was God's kindness to me. Definitely. I mean, how clear could it be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know maybe in the uh, in the moment, surely not. It wasn't as clear or not the moment, probably. Yeah. And and so and because I'd never had any trouble for all this time, so right. it's a mystery right. you know, right. why he would let me have such success. And then just, but that's okay. He knows what's best, and yeah. I trust that. So mm-hmm. that kind of was that. And then <laughs> we were married, and I did try to try to keep singing. Uh, would travel here and there to do competitions or performances and then before long I was having to miss church you know I couldn't travel in a a way that I could get back for worship and I couldn't serve consistently and it was Mm. just we just realized it was wrong for me to Mm. not be able to pour myself into the church you know in a consistent way and uh, eventually stopped that too. Can you describe a little bit of what were some of the struggles you faced in being single Mm -hmm. and wanting to be married but not having that clearly before you? Right. (laughs) Just loneliness Mm -hmm. is a a factor, of course, just in general, not having anyone to go home to or going home to roommates. I didn't have the best ones from time to time, so it's (laughs) kind of crazy. I remember reading uh, an an Elizabeth Elliott book at the time that was really helpful called The Path of Loneliness, I believe is what Mm -hmm. it was called. Mm -hmm. I think it was after she wrote it after her first husband had died, I believe. Mm -hmm. Super helpful and telling me what I already knew, but I needed to hear over and over again, which is to be thankful for wh- where I was, that God had me here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I could choose to be bitter. Or I could choose to be thankful. Mm-hmm. I could choose to trust him or I could choose to question him. Mm-hmm. I could choose to have faith or I could choose to just mm-hmm. turn away. But because I was learning so much, so many good things through God's word in the church, like for instance, like I mentioned to sovereignty, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could accept, okay, clearly, 
if God wanted me married right now, <laughs> I'd be married. Yeah. So even though it was painful, I had that comfort and that peace of knowing he has, he's in control. <laughs> he has a plan. I'm asking him to guide my life. I'm waiting mm-hmm. on the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that was very, very helpful. Struggles. So yeah, struggles with loneliness, struggles with uh, just, you know, not feeling like you fit in a lot of mm-hmm. times because by that time of life, 25, 24, 25, 26, most people are getting married or serious, mm-hmm. if they're, you know, especially in the church. If you're not in the world, just kind of dating around all the time, mm-hmm. but you're in the church. Most people are getting married, have their families. So there are times when it's easy to feel like you just don't have mm-hmm. a place. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not true in a good church because mm-hmm. they, there is a place for you. And so that was something I had to learn, too, was just to keep loving people mm-hmm. and keep being open to being in their lives. Yeah. And not have these way, not have these parameters. You can only love me a certain way, or you can right. only be in my life mm-hmm. a certain way because I'm a single person, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just just be ready and available to be part of whoever you know you can mm-hmm. be, you can yeah. love and be friends with. Um, and that was really, really helpful you to fight against as an opportunity of, to give. Yes, you need a sense of purpose when you mm-hmm. get up in the morning and you're by yourself and you come home at night and you're by yourself and, and you're doing everything. You're trying to scrape money together to pay the bills and you're trying mm-hmm. to do everything alone. It's really helpful to feel like you're needed. Yeah. And so when you start to feel like, oh, they actually want me here and I actually am helpful to them yeah. or I, they care about me, it, it fills some of that void mm-hmm. that makes you feel like you have a purpose and you have to fight bitterness. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about being happy for other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, being a singer meant that I sang at a lot of weddings, strangers Ooh, yeah. and friends and acquaintances and everybody. And so at first that was really fun. And as the years rolled by, it became more and more painful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, took a lot of prayer mm-hmm. and a lot of God's help for me to sing for another beautiful mm-hmm. wedding. <laughs> When I didn't have any hope of that. And it was really good to learn mm. that yeah, I shouldn't only be joyful for people when things are great for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which we all yeah. te- are being taught yeah. that our entire lives, right? Or one thing or another, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. But it was a very, uh, hmm, what's the word? Very obvious that this is a major part of my life at that time was to learn mm-hmm. to truly mm-hmm. actually be joyful for someone else. Mm-hmm. To consider them better than myself. Better, I don't. Yeah. I don't deserve... Yeah to get married more than they do, you know? Yeah. I should just be happy for them, be joyful mm-hmm. for them. So I didn't always achieve that, but I mm-hmm. knew that that's yeah. what I needed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things about your, um, well, it's just in your face. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. the, uh, this, it wasn't just, okay, I'm single and whatever, but the things that you did were very much, and you, you are so not married in your face like sing at this yeah. wedding multiple yeah. multiple over and over and over and over and over again yeah uh, it was in my face yeah and go home and visit every single one of my friends and they're all married yeah. with children at yeah. home mm. that was a hard one when i'm just transient you know living in, right. in one apartment or another or on tour or you know no place to really lay my head or whatever mm-hmm. and they had a home mm. They had children they had they had life <laughs> what yeah. does it like to be they had life quote unquote and uh that was it was hard. Yeah. But I'm thankful that it was keeping in God's word mm-hmm. and keeping in his church that kept me from bitterness because that's definitely always at your door. I think people fall into different categories. There's the bitter single person. There's the self-loathing part of singleness that can come where you just think, mm-hmm. well, oh, I'm just too, I'm, I'm ugly and I'm not, I'm not talented enough and I'm not smart enough and I'm not, clearly I'd be chosen by now, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can fall into that. You can 
be painfully become painfully shy and introverted where it's just too painful to be vulnerable anymore and to reach out Mm -hmm. so you're just going to kind of cloister in your life and not really reach out to people or be easily drawn out i've probably been in each one of those a little bit and Mm -hmm. i'm definitely been close friends of people that have been Mm -hmm. into those Mm -hmm. places and they're not good to how do you fight against some of those things yeah i was talking to my husband adam about it as i was thinking through my past and of course i've talked to him a lot about it uh, over the Mm -hmm. years and we were just reminded that everything comes back to thankfulness and because i was being taught so well from God's word and reading God's word and you just can't get away from the commands to be thankful, the commands to rejoice, the commands to praise God in all circumstances. Mm. So lots of scriptures came up that I was thinking about, you know, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Rejoice in the Lord, Lord always. It can all say rejoice. The joy of the Lord is my strength, on and on and on. And I think I had to make a choice. At some point you have to make a choice. I'm going to yeah. give God the sacrifice of praise. There's another scripture. Give, mm-hmm. Give the Lord the sacrifice. It's hard, it's a sacrifice sometimes to be thankful or to praise God. You have to make yourself mm. give discipline mm-hmm. yourself to do it. That yeah. yeah, but without that, I don't think there's any any hope mm-hmm. of <laughs> of coming through it in a in a way that honors God, mm-hmm. joy and thankfulness. Um, what do you do with that desire? That it's it's a good desire to want to be married yes, very and to so. have children. Um, don't squash it. <laughs> That's Definitely one thing that people do, and I'm, I've had many years with someone in my life who does that, who basically tries to squash that desire, and it doesn't work. Mm. It will squish out somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good desire, especially as women, we're just, we're born maternal. God mm-hmm. is, you know, in one way or another, you can be a mother. That's one thing that I would remind myself. I'm teaching kids in mm-hmm. Sunday school or ch- children's choir or whatever. I can, I'm my friends' children, I'm in their homes. I can love them. I can care for them. I can be like a second or third mama to them, you know, Mm -hmm. auntie, whatever. Good way to fight against some of the self-pity that you could feel too. Yeah. 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 And I think keeping busy was really helpful. I just, Mm -hmm. whatever Bible study I could get in, whatever. At the time, the graduate group would would do a lot of stuff. The college students, whatever ministry things are going on Mm -hmm. at church, I just wanted to be there, soak it up, give what I could. And that was a lifeline. It kept Mm -hmm. me occupied in good things. Mm -hmm. So the times of loneliness and just thinking about all that's not what you want to be mm-hmm. <laughs> were fewer and far between because you were, you were, your life was full, yeah. you know? And if we're not trying to deal with discontent where you are and trust God where you are, then even if you get married, have children, whatever, you're going to continue to be discontent. Absolutely. <laughs> because it, it's a deeper root issue between you and God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you've had many years to be single, you can either grow that kind of bitter root of discontentment (laughs) or you could keep trying to dig it up and kill it Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you'll bring that you will that was an excellent way of putting it you will bring that what you fostered in your singleness you will bring it to your marriage Mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it it's hard Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. when everyone else seemingly (laughs) seems like everyone else has someone there was that period of time I came across in my journals where my mother was dying and that was particularly hard because I was still single and I was Mm -hmm. her only child who was still unmarried Mm -hmm. And for a mother to be leaving this world Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. a young daughter with no one to care for, it was very disconcerting for her. Mm. And uh, I just kept going back to different scriptures and trying to, because she knew God's word and she she loved the Lord, but she was worried for me. Mm -hmm. And there are some sweet things I read in this journal about me just reminding her that God's going to care for me. And that was one of our last, there was Mm. some of our parting words with each other actually, where her Mm. wanted you know, not wanting to leave, who would take, you know, kind of who would take care of you was what she was saying. 
you know, I want to be here to take care of you or I want to be here to see the mm-hmm. grandbabies or yeah. to see you married and and just reassuring her that God will take care of you. If you need to go, this is your time. Don't be, don't go in peace mm-hmm. <laughs> and know that the Lord will take care of me. And so that was, rem- that reminded me of uh, how God met me where I, in a really deep way where I was mm-hmm. single mm-hmm. and then losing a parent mm-hmm. was absolutely devastating. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing. I mean, and my dad, and then my dad had, was diagnosed with cancer when she was dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, I had everything pulled out from underneath me, but the Lord was really faithful. And it was really good to go back and read these journals and remember that even though I was single and even though she was leaving and dad was sick, Christ is my constant. Yeah. He was Mm -hmm. my constant and he really carried me through. He carried me through, through his spirit, through his word, through the church. Mm -hmm. He was so present. There is a really cool passage from second Thessalonians where he says, we ought to always be thankful to God for you brothers because from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel. And this idea of being called and God taking you exactly where you're supposed to be in your life. And then in those really sad and hard and dark times, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. Mm-hmm. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. And of course, Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, mm-hmm. not in your own understanding. We know these verses, but they're tremendously applicable Mm -hmm. for the Christian life and many other parts of our lives. Give thanks in all circumstances. And knowing he's got a good purpose. There's a reason why he has us going through whatever Mm -hmm. suffering or trial, why we're waiting on him. There's a Mm -hmm. reason he's going to work it for our good. It was hard to go to bed. Mm. You know, all those lonely nights. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Read God's word or listen to his word. Pray and be thankful when you close your eyes, you know, Mm -hmm. and let him comfort you. God will comfort you in your loneliness whatever you can be a lonely married person you can be a lonely widow you can be a lonely single person whatever he will comfort you is hosted by Katie Walker and Amy Molina. It is produced and edited by Katie Walker, and it is executive produced by Nathan Alberson and Jake Mensel. If you like the show, please don't forget to rate and review in the app of your choice. And if you're interested in more great content, including articles and other podcasts, please visit warhornmedia.com.